Hey fuckers, welcome back to Hatsune Miku's Crack House. This is your host and editor, Sam Kingma. Miles is not with me today, he's off replaying MGS5 for the 7,000th time, that fucking asshole. Um, but yeah, as someone who edits the show every week, I actually do something that not a lot of podcasts do, and I actually cut down the content of our show for quality. Because Miles and I have been friends for years, and we love to talk. Most of our podcasts tend to go well above the two-hour marks, a couple times actually hitting three hours. And honestly, I just want to keep the show to a tight 90 minutes, uh, the best 90 minutes that we could have produced, and make sure it's you know tight and you can hear everything. So what you're listening to is a collection of uh, bits and segments that had to get cut from the show either because there was too much other good stuff there or the show was just running a bit too long and it wasn't really fully crack house. So I wanted to have something to where we can upload sort of cut content, if you will. So this is volume one of cut content. There's going to be timestamps in the description uh, for some of the stuff we talk about. So if any of that interests you, by all means, just check out what interests you. And yeah, this isn't going to affect the show at all on a weekly basis you're still going to get your main 90 minute crack house uh just every once in a while uh when we feel like we have enough content uh, i'll produce one of these and we'll throw it up on saturday for you to listen to over the weekend so uh yeah i hope you enjoy the cut content uh, a couple of these segments are really fucking funny and we're i was really sad they had to get cut but yeah i think i'll get a kick out of it anyways i'll see you guys next thursday uh another question also geared towards you Favorite and least favorite parts of the Miku fandom? Oh my god, do you have an hour? Um, I'll, I'll keep this one short. Oh, sorry. I, I crossed my legs because I was getting serious. I'll keep this one short. Um, my favorite part of the Miku fandom is is the, uh, the, the response and recognition and love for the creator specifically. When the Western fandom kind of got started like attributing songs to Miku was was the thing and like suddenly everyone was like no 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 these are made by people Miku just sings them and so now that now there's love and recognition for these creators and everyone's kind of grateful for them you know there are like celebrity creators you know like Rio the great Wawaka may he rest in peace Oster Project um Michi M probably the most popular in the West End I'm pretty popular in Japan, I would assume. My, my favorite, my favorite Vocaloid songs tend to come from Michi M, so I, I'd say that's yeah. I, he's definitely he's he's got an appeal that I think kind of transcends just Vocaloid in general. Um, but my least favorite is, and this is highly controversial, but everything to do with the Miku Miku Ebooks Twitter account. Everything. <laughs> oh boy, let's stop it! I'm strapped in. I got my seatbelt on. Everything to, to do with this account. Um. I, I will keep it to just the content on the account. I don't want to make any assumptions or statements about the person who runs it. I'm, this is where you would normally say, I'm sure they're a lovely person. Um, but again, I'm, I have no interest in making any assumptions about the person running the account. Um, uh, but, like, my issue is that, like, so first of all, they are the one who got the Hatsune Miku made Minecraft st meme started. Um... And uh, and I hate which that. is a meme to someone who's not a part of the Vocaloid fandom at all. I hate to I hate to fucking uh, I hate to re reveal I don't know what the fucking phrase is, but I'm not a, I am not a fan of Miku in the slightest. Like I like I like some of I like you know some songs she sings by like Mitchy and a couple other like you know Neon Cat's fucking great, but like this meme doesn't make any sense to well, me as someone who's not a part of this. Fan, fandom at all. Well, the the thing is, the meme isn't supposed to make sense. Obviously, people don't like Notch because Notch has like 
fucking horrible opinions about politics like beyond beyond just like the left right divide like he he's like a conspiracy theorist weirdo and like made some like real like like borderline kind of like eugenics state like like a john tron kind of level um so so he's got like a movie bob yeah no movie bob is the perfect yeah like movie bob is the movie bob's the actual eugenics guy i think john i think i I think think john is just horribly misinformed i think he just honestly like that's sort of my thing with with john tron is i'm like you're i'm like because when all that shit happened i'm like you're saying stuff but your actions leading up to this do not equate like that like like it does it, it was like such a weird weird thing and it was like yeah i guess it was like one of those things where he was like probably drunk and extremely misinformed and did not know what the fuck he was talking I, about. I think, and got I think he fell a- in with a very different crowd uh, than, than who he came up with. And they, I do know the crowd and a lot of them have like, really like, like basically racist opinions. Um, uh, and, and like, I think, I think they just kind of like were, they were with them. Like he was like with them and, and he basically intook what they were saying, but didn't actually process it and didn't think like, Oh my God, I don't know what any of this means. I'm a fucking moron. Um, thirteen percent, fifty percent. Shout outs. Uh, but um, my my friend uh, has a great alternative to this. But basically, Miku made Minecraft is a completely pointless statement made by the Miku Miku eBooks account. Just because the thing about the Miku Miku eBooks account that I hate is that they took Miku and now they're using them as sort of just a mouthpiece for whatever they want to talk about that week. And it's just like, oh, I'm Miku. This is, you know, this is Miku's opinion because I'm the Miku Miku eBooks account. Whatever yeah, I say this is, is Miku's this is opinion. Miku's opinion on the, the like, you know, Armenian genocide. It's like, whoa, what? Yeah, like, like, there's a lot of pictures of, of like, Miku holding guns and just, like, being like, this is Miku's response to, you know, like, turfs or whatever. You know, it's like, and, and, and. It's pretty fucking funny, though. Oh, no, like, it's, like, it's hilarious, like, in, in, in theory. It's really funny in, in yeah. theory as far oh, as, like. Oh, like, my, Mar- my, my buddy, Mar- Marcellus, uh, who's a, who's a great, uh, great artist. Follow, follow him on Twitter uh, and Instagram, too, I believe, at Sly M. Cooper. He's amazing. Uh, he's got this great <laughs> picture that he drew of, 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 I think it was Bert from Bert and Ernie. <laughs> Just having the middle figure up that says fuck turfs. And it's so fucking I, funny. I will always like, like, fuck turfs as, like, a meme because it's like, yeah, I agree with that statement. And also it's just, it's hilarious to see characters, like, saying that. Um, but, but like, like basically it, it's, it's sort of insidious in their case because they, they basically took this kind of crowdsourced character and, and used them as a mouthpiece for everything, everything. And, and then, and the problem is like, they kind of, th- this is the moment that I was like, I'm done. I'm done with you. And I'm done with everyone who, who likes you. Cause a lot of the fans of Miku Miku eBooks are not fans of Vocaloid. They just are fans of Miku made Minecraft. That's it. They're just, they're fans yeah. of, of, of this kind of like, this idea that Hatsune Miku shares their worldviews, and it's the most like bizarre thing I think I've ever heard. Because it's like, no, the person running this account shares your worldviews. Hatsune Miku is a completely neutral character who just Hatsune Miku is a computer. Yeah, who just sings songs, like, and it's like, and 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 like this, like this weird faction of like of of just people with very specific beliefs and opinions are just like yay Miku is our queen Miku holds the exact same opinions as we do and it's just like and 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 just to reframe it like if 4chan decided to do that like if poll decided to do that like I yeah. I like th- it would it would be a Pepe situation all over again Miku would have to be canceled 
And and so yeah, which and, is also which is so dumb. Which which also I gotta. I'm sorry. I I hate to fucking steal the wheel from you here, but you 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 tapped on some. You tapped on. You've on, you've awakened a, a fucking sleeping giant in me that I need. To, I need to get out of here. If if any time I see someone respond to anything peppy really and they're like that's problematic you're a fucking boomer you are a no stop unreal as textbook as it comes fucking boomer because it's proof you do not understand shit about the internet or anything that's happening on fucking line. Well, well pepe was like a tumblr kind of thing like if, if like if, if you want to talk about like like completely like ripping it from the source like pepe was was tumblr core basically um pepe's everything core he's every he's everywhere he's like one of the most popular he's been one of the most popular twitch emotes for 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 years he he was he's everywhere and just because you saw him in some problematic shit does not inherently make the character problematic and does not make him a fucking hate symbol and if you believe that you're you're a fucking moron and a boomer well well that's that's my my sort of issue with the miku miku ebooks account is is that it's like Basically, it's it's like a, an account for non-Vocaloid fans, and it's turned Hatsune Miku into just, like, this meme. Like, this meme for the Western fandom to just, like, insert Miku into whatever they dislike. Uh, and, and I just, I, I think it's it's just like this, I don't know, I, I feel like they're not using the character in a way where, where Miku can be an image of, of you know, of... of of a lot of different things, but, but you can have Miku be whatever you want. That's how she was designed. Yeah, that's the it's point of the one character. Of those... But it, it's it's more the fact that there's there's not this like there's not this history, understanding, or respect for Vocaloid as as an art form. Miku is only one part of Vocaloid, and I think a lot of like the the Western Miku fandom now is literally just the Miku fandom and not the Vocaloid. Yeah, it's not fandom. even really about Vocaloid like a- anymore, or even like. If it really ever was in sort of a mainstream sense with like Miku, I think I think it's fine to just like Miku, but I I think I think basically being a Miku fan means that you at least like to have to like Miku songs, not just memes with her in them. I think I think that is the easiest like way to sum it up is just like I and blah blah blah. I know I'm gatekeeping, but like no, I'm not fucking gatekeeping i'm 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 just saying like to be like if if you want if if you are part of a separate miku fandom like i'm fine with that but at the end of the day miku doesn't steal things she didn't make minecraft because and and this is a genuinely like awful statement to make because wawaka in 2011 made a song called unhappy refrain which is literally about the fact that he hates that miku has become this symbol of of Miku makes songs, not people. Miku makes songs, and and he made an album that was a literal middle finger to the entire Vocaloid fandom, and then left. Um, and 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 like yeah, to and me, I think it's and and to me, like taking that and basically being like, oh, Miku made Minecraft. Even if I dislike Notch personally, that's the exact same thing. And there, there's a million ways that you can you can diminish Notch's influence on Minecraft, feel good about playing it, and not involve Miku in further theft of art, which was already a problem in the fandom for years. Yeah, yeah, and on, on and probably too, like just from from someone who just, just like from an outsider's perspective, I can understand like where the whole like oh Miku makes songs comes from because we've had we've had cartoon bands in the West for like you know forever. Yeah, you know the Archies, you know Gorillas. You know, it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Teenage TMNT. Like, yeah, you know, this group, 
made this song like you know like yeah the gorillas made this album and they're a cartoon band so obviously the same thing applies to miku even though it's it's a different thing because miku is the platform in which hundreds if not you know thousands of, of people have made have potentially millions i would say millions uh, probably i have no idea how deep the well goes i would honestly. argue i would argue at least millions um it depends on on how seriously you consider yourself a songwriter uh but um there there is there's a weird like there, there's this weird like tweet that that the miku miku Ewix account made um when whenever when when people just decided one day they woke up and they said oh i guess uh um jk rowling didn't write harry potter miku did because that's the train they got the train rolling that miku can just recontextualize and steal whatever art you like from problematic content creators so you can keep enjoying it in peace uh and then the miku miku ebooks account was like hey miku has uh her own accomplishments she doesn't have to steal things uh you don't have to you know do that and i'm like this is your fucking fault yeah you 100%. fucking did this. Like, yeah, you did this. This is like, if, if you hate the monster that you created, like, then that's one thing. But like, you have to understand that you ultimately are running a massive account. Everything that you say is going to be taken from you. Uh, and it's like, if you don't like that people are saying Miku made JK Rowling, like you probably also or <laughs> Miku did not make JK Rowling. Miku made Harry Potter, which is is a completely different beast entirely because ultimately like Notch sold Minecraft. If you buy Minecraft, you're ultimately supporting Microsoft and Mojang as opposed to Notch. But I mean, he still yeah, gets Notch royalties. But he still gets royalties and residuals, I'm sure, so you can't feel good about that, you fucks. Um but but versus J.K. Rowling, where if you continue to indulge in Harry Potter stuff, she gets royalties. Um, but but a friend of mine gave me a great alternative, which she said, uh, we should start saying Jens Bergenstein, unless it's Jens Bergenstein. I don't know the origin of his name, made Minecraft, because he developed and programmed it as the lead designer, developer, and programmer. Um, and, and so he is just as influential. Hatsune Miku didn't fucking do shit because she's a computer program computer. And, a, and a picture on a box. Like it's just, I, I just, uh, it's like, it's just, I, I, I hate that Miku is just like this, like mouthpiece and this like thing that you can just tack on to whatever and make a bunch of money and, 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 or not even, or not make a bunch of money, but just like get people to pay attention to what otherwise they wouldn't. Um, like this fucking podcast. Well, look, you know, oh my God, you're right. We're hypocrites. Holy shit. Oh, honey, no, 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 that's, that's not fucking mince words here. Like, no, this, I just, this like, isn't, this isn't some Moogie Kotobuki's podcast. This isn't Moogie's pod, this isn't Moogie's crack house or, or Samugi Kotobuki's shithole. Oh my this God. This is Hatsune Miku's crack, crack house. I just, realized everybody I'm... knows Hatsune Miku. I just realized I'm such a fucking hypocrite. Oh my god. I have I have so much Can we cut all this out? <laughs> Can we cut all this out? Uh no. Just, just a cut it just a hard cuts. So it's like uh so it's like a hard cut at me reading the question and then it's like silent for a second. It's like, yeah, so uh yeah, so I guess my favorite part of the fandom is is uh, oh Hato Julian Knight, that's a good song. And uh my least favorite part of the, the fandom is that uh Miku sings too loud, like <laughs> Yeah, can I, I we move on? Can I double back and just and just uh, all right? I'm gonna double back. Uh, my least favorite part of the fandom uh, is is the tendency for people to use Miku as a song thief and an art thief. Great, 
<laughs> Great. Question. All right, we didn't we didn't just have an hour long conversation that we needed to cut out because I made myself look like a dick. <laughs> so fucking funny, dude. Can we we, we actually I I, d- <sighs> I want to keep it. I want to keep it. I I don't I we can't keep that. I I my reputation's on the line. I'm going to listen to it and if it's good content, I'm Oh, here's the problem. It. It's amazing content. I know that. Well, then we have to keep it. We can't we have keep, to keep it because I have nothing left. We can't. We can't keep it. We need to. You. We need to use Hatsune Miku as a vehicle to make money. I you no, know, because I I just realized what a hypocrite I am. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna die, dude. I'm gonna die. <laughs> this is great. All right, this is great. I let me. Let- you have no idea. And, and you're, and you're, and you're a massive fucking hypocrite. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we cut all that out, so it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. You, you, <laughs> Oi, Josuke, I used Zahando to rip out the last hour of the Hatsune Miku's Crackhouse podcast. Ain't that wacky? You know what? You know what officially killed console gaming for me, Miles? Was the PS4 Pro well, and Xbox yep, One Yep, a hundred percent, dude. When the PS4 Pro got announced, I was like, I remember I was a freshman in college. I just like was ready to finish up the school year. They announced the PS4 Pro. Everyone was like, "This is great." I'm like, "You fucking idiots! There is absolutely no reason to own a fucking console if you're gonna pull this shit every three years." And I get it because here's the deal: everyone always, every once in a while. I see, I see, you know, game journals or recent era hoes or, you know, just people who are invested in the industry in that way. Basically, are like, when are we going to see games become more expensive? When are we going to see games go above the $60 line? And here's the deal. We're never going to see it happen. We're never going to see games go to $70. We're never going to see it go to $80. Because they've already found leagues better ways to get money out of your fucking wallet. Why make your base game $70, which is going to get less people to buy it, when you can get them in at $60 and charge them a, you know, a $30 season pass, you can charge them $50 for cosmetic bullshit, and you can get them to pay $1,000 for fucking loot boxes. Fucking never ends. And it feels like it's every game, dude. It feels like it's every fucking game. And this is why all I play is PS2 games now. Because I don't have to deal with any of this shit. I, for one, can't wait until the, every day I have to sell my plasma just to afford a new console. I can't fucking wait. And and the, and, only, oh, the only appealing aspect of the PS5 is that it's backwards compatible. I wouldn't fucking bother otherwise. But it, bar- but it barely is, though. It's not even going to have all, all the PS4 games on. It's going to have, like, oh, apparently most of them. But the, the, the whole... The whole, the, the whole messaging around the backwards compatibility of the PS5 is so sus... Then I'm like, okay, it's not even worth. Well, it's not it's even gonna worth. Be a, it's going to be an Xbox time. One situation where people are going to have to test every Xbox game ever made and discover like, oh, only 15 of them work. Like only 15 of them work, or hey, you can play these, but this game has like some very specific issue. Like perfect example is like on the 360, a bunch of those games are backwards compatible, including Jet Set Radio Future, which I played. And on Jet Set Radio Future, if you played on 360, some of the graffiti souls are just like kind of bugged out. Like, some of them just kind of don't work, and you just have to keep trying until it works. And it's like, that's weird. Why is it like this? I just... I'm just blown... I'm just blown away. I just think, like... 
I could not be less excited for the new consoles. I really could not give a solitary fuck. Because here's the deal. People are like, but the Sony exclusives. I'm sorry. Sony makes the same fucking game. Aren't you excited for The Last of Us 2? It's just like Dude, The Last I, of Us 1, but but there's more stealth this time, which was the aspect of the game no one liked. You know what's you know what's brilliant about The Last of Us 2? I gotta be honest, I genuinely see no fucking hype for that game, even in the circles that should be ready to nut so fucking hard for Last of Us 2. I see like zero excitement or any form of like interest in that game. Like, I I know we kind of, like, run in different circles, but, like, online and stuff. But there are places where I'm like, this game should definitely be talked about way more than it is. And I just because I think they just haven't done any marketing for this game. They haven't done any marketing for, like, anything. They haven't haven't done marketing because, because the game was in a dire state for most of its development. Yeah, and to be honest, like, or, or, I mean, or at least here's the thing: that's like, the narrative. I don't know if that's true, but and, and but here's the deal: like, we wasted a year or something like that. Yeah, and, and here's the deal: like, we we've in miles and miles, uh, like, you know, that I have spoken privately multiple times about the turmoils of the Last of Us Two, and whether or not we want to get into that on the on the show. We don't. Is, yeah, obviously, I'm making the executive um, decision. We don't. I mean, I don't really want to talk about this game, anyway. Like, either way, I just, <laughs> yeah, I I have no, I don't care. Uh, but but. but but, like, aside from that, I just think that, like, I feel like every game they make is, like, the fucking last of us. And I'm just so bored. I'm just so over it. Can, like, we, can we finally give a name to the specific genre of behind-the-back, over-the-shoulder, uh, 3D AI partner, or, not 3D. The UB- yeah, well, no, it's, no, it's... it's the Ubisoft the, Open World. No, it's not the, the Ubisoft Open World. It's the Ubisoft Open World... Uh, or, or it's not even that. It's like the the, so, the Sony the Sony third the Sony third person linear linear narrative. Well, but, but you have you have this thing where it's still the open world, but it's more of just like a single map, and and you transition between seven different single maps that are all massive, uh, and and in this sort of it's it's more like the segmented Dark Souls kind of like approach. Monster Hunter World. Are we talking about like Monster Hunter World? Where Monster I'm, Hunter I'm talking World more like like a Dark Souls like kind of six. approach, where it's like every it's like okay, you go to imagine if An Orlando was like a giant flat map, and and there was a bunch of check marks on the fucking map, and then once you're done with An Orlando, you you know you go to the Duke's. You go archive. to the next region. Yeah, yeah, so, you go to the so next region. The... Yeah. So here's the deal. There, there's let's let's break it down because I genuinely, I really do believe UB, the Ubisoft open world sandbox is this. There is a subgenre which I just want to call the Sony third person open world because well, but, the, but difference, like, it's like, the difference is that to, the Sony one has more budget. Well, we have to delineate that with with games that are also cinematic and have you accompanied by AI. That is that's the Sony difference. But the but difference like, what, with Sony is what, that it's what, linear. What do we call part. that? Like it's got to be a genre at this point. Like I like, want to call it. I'm 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 making that fucking executive decision. I want to call it the Sony third person, like open world, but not really cinematic thing. Because no, but I, I want to I want to name like like I I want to call it like like Dad Troidvania. Dad Troidvania, but some bullshit like that. Because because you always play as a dad. You're always escorting an AI. Like, like you're you're always in in this sort of like region based open sandbox with loot and money. You get money and you 
pay for and you, you get money like and, and the best part about these games is you accumulate money so passively that you can't it's, it's yeah, so like it just it just falls into your pocket and you don't keep track of how much money you have and you don't care you just like keep going it doesn't dude dude very very i always highly commend games that can consistently keep a fucking lid on how much dough the the your character's pulling in. Perfect example of this, Trails of Cold Steel. Great job. Always feel like I had just enough money. Not too much, so I couldn't go crazy, but always enough to buy whatever new equipment I needed for the new chapter. I love I love Dragon Quest where it's like you you never have enough money. Yeah, I, oh, oh, of course, you always got, well, the point of Dragon Quest is, is the grind and aspects of that, and I think, honestly, like, so far, so far, and I can't say P3 yet, because I'm, I'm, I mean, I need another 60 hours to no, finish you, that game. you almost never have enough money in Persona games, it, like, never but, happens. I mean, but I like, I, I mean, I genuinely like that, it makes you make fucking choices, which in yeah. an RPG is the whole fucking point. Yeah, no, where I, I, like, I, I like, I hate, that. like, Watch Dogs, and, like, Watch Dogs, within 10 hours of Watch Dogs... You have more than enough money. GTA is the same thing, but there's a reason. GTA, that's the point. Yeah, you, in GTA, you don't want to have, to have way too much in money. a GTA game. Yeah, that's like it's a part of the it's part of the game. Um, to have just an extreme amount of money at all fucking times that you just you just don't know what to do with it. Um, whereas like with Watch Dogs, it tries to have a bit more of a serious narrative. It's like, okay, why does Aiden Pierce have tens of thousands of dollars? That he can buy any machine gun he fucking wants from the and black market. All the machine market. guns like, cost $19,000. Like, it's so dumb. It's so yeah. fucking stupid. Watch Dogs is a terrible fucking game. Watch Dogs 2 is also really lame. I, I tried it because everyone was like, oh, it's a great stealth game. And I'm like, no, it's not. Dude, dude, Ubisoft stealth, when you hear that, fucking run. Grab your wallet. Run the other way. Don't even, don't even try. My All right, so I got to shout out my buddy Bryce who I'm sure is probably listening to this show, he's going to get called out, which he deserves to, because he said to me, he's like, gang, I want to play through the Assassin's Creed series. I told him, Bryce, like, I can't think of a more bigger waste of fucking time than to play through those games. I'm like, they're all the fucking same. They're all the same with a slightly different coat of paint and quality of life improvements. That's really all it is. Like, Didn't we syndicate- talk about this already? Assassin's part did we talk about this? Did we talk didn't we talk about this? I don't think so. I think I was we did. Say, I remembered but, these exact words. But I, maybe I told you on air, but I don't. Yeah. All but, our conversations are circular. Well, I was I was gonna make the joke earlier. It's like tune in next week where Miles talks about Final Fantasy VII remake again. No, I mean, I'm kinda done I'm kinda done talking about seven R just because I don't want to invite that conversation into my life again. I I'm I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty ready to like never listen to what anyone else has to say about the game ever again. But what about me in a year when I play it? I'd love to talk to you about it, because I, I don't think you're a fucking brainlet, um, but... Dude, I'm so excited. Dude, when... Alright, hold on. I'm like... We're, the the conversation's took a, taking a full 90 degrees. When are you building this fucking computer? Because we need to play Death Stranding on PC together. Uh, well, Death Stranding's coming out on July 14th now, uh, so... July, we have a date? Yeah. Booyah, bro! I'm stoked. I thought we didn't have a date. Fuck uh, yeah! We do now. Well, it was originally June sixth, uh, but but they had to delay it because of the Roni. So, 
Yeah, I'm. I mean, that's, dude. I'm. I'm. If that's all I got delayed, I'm fucking thrilled, dude. Because I was like, I was worried. I'm like, shit. This is gonna get pushed to like September. Horizon also got pushed back, but I'm sure you don't care. Oh my god. Well, here's the deal with Horizon. I know we were just shitting on these games. If buying it means we get ever so close to Bloodborne on PC, I'll do it. I might do that, it. I don't think Bloodborne on PC is ever gonna happen. I gotta no. be completely honest, dude. Because it's gonna because happen. I don't. I don't think so. And and the reason is that is that. Japanese players don't play on PC. If if your game appeals to Western players, that that's very different. But I I do get the feeling that with something that is a Japanese developed product that isn't directly aimed at the West, uh, it's probably not going to come to PC. Really? Can I can I? All right. Here two two examples two two examples that I, I I'm going to throw at you here. Catherine Classic and Vanquish both came to PC. Yeah, I think the difference is that Catherine Classic... I, I still can't believe Catherine Classic, but I get the feeling... But here's the thing. Both of those games uh, are Atlas, and those are and Atlas now is a subsidiary of Sega, who loves the PC. Atlas published Vanquish, too? No, 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 but Vanquish was published by Platinum Games, which was published by... Published or, by Sega. Made by, which was published by Sega. It was made by Platinum, published by Sega. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was funded by Sega, I'm pretty sure. So, like, either way, that that was probably a, as much of a them decision versus, like, The Wonderful 101, which is also coming to PC, but that's based on a Kickstarter because Nintendo told them up front, Switch or nothing. Uh, and then they were like, okay, well, can we get permission to put it on the Switch and other consoles if we fund it themselves? They're like, go for it. Uh, yeah, and, and that's... And I, and I yeah, get the and feeling that, that Sony would never let FromSoft do that for the game they paid for. I just, I can't, I can't see that happening. Yeah, I could see them. I could see maybe if like, because here's the deal. I think Sony owns the rights to Bloodborne, which might be the problem. Because I don't know if they own the rights to Horizon or not. I know they don't own the rights to Death Stranding. Yeah, um, they don't. Well, and the other thing is that is that it's a Sony Entertainment Game Presents Sony Japan. So I honestly think that they funded like a lot of it. I can definitely, I can definitely imagine that looking at that game, and and I also too think they like definitely helped out. I mean, it looks cheap on development terrible. as well. Um, Just be, pardon. I mean, it looks cheap and terrible. So like, of course, Sony did. <laughs> they do cheap and terrible. No, I, I I get the feeling that they they funded most of it, and they didn't really give them that much of a budget. They didn't they didn't give them the exorbitant budget that they would give, like The Last of Us. Um, but, I mean, and even potentially because they knew they didn't need it. But I, I can't imagine that that was a game that wasn't highly lucrative for them. Uh, and and I get the feeling they 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 would not have a reason to put it on PC unless they struck a deal that made them a lot of fucking money. Oh, oh, 100%. And I think, too, like, because that's sort of the funny thing, I think, is just, like, I really do believe, because I can see both sides of the argument. Because, I mean, genuinely, when you ask someone, if you ask, if you asked, you know, if we played Family Feud, Gamer Feud here, and we asked a hundred random people, PS PS Four, what what games you need to get on it? First thing everyone's gonna say is fucking Bloodborne. Like, oh, you gotta get a PS Four for Bloodborne. No one's saying you gotta get a PS Four for the Order or for even games that people really like, like Uncharted Four. Or God of War. I don't. I haven't heard people. I haven't heard anyone talk about Uncharted Four in years. Yeah, I think I think Uncharted has sort of become this like relic. You know what I mean? It is very, it's like kind of, it's almost like the Gears of, it's almost like Sony's like yeah, Gears Yeah, it really is. It's, it's just the like, Gears of Sony. Because, like, I, I, did you know a Gear, like a mainline Gears game came out, like, last year? 
Uh, I didn't know. I knew it was coming out. I didn't realize it, it was last year. It might have came out either last year or 2018, but it was so forgettable I don't even remember. Like, it really is, like, such a fucking relic, dude. It's like... It, it, I mean, a lot of people, like, bitched about, like, Last Guardian for feeling like a game that came out 10 years ago, but I'm like, literally play Uncharted 4. Or or Days Gone, or Gears. Like, all these feel, like, so old. They're like, did this come out in 2008? It's so... <sighs> well, it is funny that people say that, that Last Guardian feels like a game that came out in last generation, probably because it, it was made... It, it was not made with, with cutting edge in mind. It was made with a very specific goal. And this is why I have loved this is why i've loved my time with the sixth generation systems going back playing shit on ps2 and gamecube as well as like yeah, original they had their own goals they do because a they, they had their wanted. own goals in b top of the line stuff and niche weird shit not that far apart in in what's going on visually because like I was re recently listening to uh, uh, George Weedman's Super Bunny Hop, who's great. I was listening to his uh, Fatal Frame reviews, and I was watching it. Have you seen Fatal Frame 2 in the last, like, year or so, and how good that game looks compared to, like, Resident compared Evil Remake, which is also beautiful? Compared to Fatal Frame 1, it looks like, fucking gorgeous, yeah. I know, both those games look incredibly no, good, but, like, Remake... bad, uh, but, like, Fatal Frame 2 looks very good. Yeah, Fatal Frame 2 specifically, I was I was speaking of. Like, looks so good, but, like, that's such a niche fucking product compared to Resident Evil Remake or Resident Evil 4, which, you know, still look fucking great and were, like, top-of-the-line, you know, relatively expensive fucking projects that were, you know, big-budget, you know, AAA at the time games where now, like, because because games try to be so expensive or when you see something, like, from Spiders, are you familiar with, like, Spiders Interactive at all? No, what have, what have they done? They made, like, Greedfall, I think was their most recent game. They made Bound by Flame. Uh, they made Technomancer. They're, like, the last double-A like, developer around. And yeah. I'm really fascinated with their... I'm really fascinated with their repertoire because none of their games are particularly good. But just the fact that they've managed to subsist and they still manage to be like, we want to make big, cutting-edge, like, RPG, Western RPG games but they just don't have a budget is like, I like kind of commend them and respect them, even though I don't think any of their games are particularly good. But what I like, they're the only ones, like they're the only ones doing stuff like that. We're like, I guess you could you say can't. Ninja Theory. I don't know. But like, dude, like, okay. Like Ninja Theory did technically make Hell, uh, Hellblade, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Thank you. But now they're making Hellblade 2, which is a full budget, $60 full You're right, they, they have crossed over. Funded, funded, because they're owned by Microsoft now. Like, Microsoft is putting in a ton of money into their next game. Into both, uh, like, a little bit of money into the, uh, the weird, uh, the, the 4v4 game they put out. I totally forgot what it's called. Lethal. I, ah, fucking who cares? Yeah, I'm never gonna play it. It doesn't matter. I've already forgot about it. Yeah. Um. But like, they're putting in like a lot of money into into Hellblade too. Like, that's gonna be probably like one of like the Xbox is like bigger game or Xbox One X is bigger games in the next. Uh, sorry, uh, Xbox Series X. Jeez. Um, I'm done. gonna be one of the bigger games in like 2021. But like, you look at like 
I, I was talking to, I was like ranting to like one of my friends. It might've been you, but I was like, you know, Jet Set Radio Future is a game I love, but it won't, it can't be made today because it's too, it's too expensive. It's too expensive for an indie studio to do because indie studios have tried so hard to remake Jet Set Radio and it doesn't work. I'm like, this is just bad. Like this is, this is unpolished and bad because you don't have the talent or the team or the money to do this right. So you just kind of get like a half-assed, like this is my problem with a lot of indie games now. They feel like just Chinese like knockoff versions of games you liked 10 years ago. Like perfect example being it's, like it's Mighty Number no. Nine. To me. It's always weird to me when you see one that's like so unashamedly, uh, like a, a, a an attempt to do what you liked ten years ago. Like there's some, some like Paper Mario game, and I'm just like like why why does it also have the aesthetics of Paper Mario? Why does it also have the exact same like UI as Paper Mario? I could yeah, like, because... I understand you're filling the niche that Paper Mario has left. But, like, you're never going to be Paper Mario. You're going to be a nice Paper Mario-like game, and some asshole video maker is going to make a video called Doing Paper Mario Better Than Paper Mario. You know, they're going to yeah, say that. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah, like... it's horrible. Yeah, and I'm like, but the moment... Like, I've, it's always funny when people are like, AM2R is the best Metroid game ever made. Like, it's better than Super Metroid. It's better than, like, Zero Mission. It's better than Fusion. I'm like, no, you've been starved. You were starved That's Oh, Metroid. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you've been, yeah, you've been start for that experience, and that's sort of my thing. It's just like, as I look at these things, and like, I, and I understand what I'm gonna say here is gonna sound a little like, like naive, because obviously, like, you know, there's a lot of complicated shit among IP and licenses. But I look at like ukulele, and I'm like, you, mo- why don't you just make banjo? Like, I know you can't because you don't own it, but this is bad. Like, we already have banjo, and this is just lesser. This is not even close. To well, what that they, is. We got two ugly characters. Dude. <laughs> running dude, around ugly ass environments. Yuka and Laylee are like the one, two of the like worst designed platforming mascots I've ever seen. What do they have no defining features? Like say what you will. Mario's got the hat. Sonic's got the shoes. Banjo's got the overalls. Ty's got the boomerang. Spyro's a purple fucking dragon. Crash's, Crash's got, got the, the blue pants. pants. Yeah. They what the fuck does ukulele have? You can lately Nothing. have terrible names. That's what they got. Oh, it's so terrible. It's such a fucking... The game is so heinous to me. It's so unbelievably fucking heinous. And then I look at a game that actually tried, that actually made an attempt to do something original, like Hat in Time, which I commend a lot of. But even like with Hat in Time, I'm the only one who doesn't like this game. I just no, think I, I the really game like Hat in Time either. You used to berate me for not liking this fucking game. I, I berated you because I played the first level when it was really great, and then everything else afterwards. Oh, and then the second level. And then everything else afterwards is like, oh, oh, I see. I just... You have it's, no it's like, 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 Hat in Time is like, hey, remember the double jump? Like, like hey, we got a double jump? We got a fucking people, dive that goes you know, way too far. You know what's far. so funny to me is people always say that this is a stupid complaint. This is such a lame complaint and a stupid reason not to like the game. But I always say there's not enough jumps. And like, and people are like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, no, play Mario Sunshine. Like, yeah. There's play, like, play Mario Sunshine, Mario Sunshine is and and like Mario and tell Sunshine me like is... how expressive both of those games are and how many different ways you can tackle any problem and then go and play Hat in Time and tell me that the double jump dive is sufficient enough for for like like I literally keep thinking like why can't I just side flip you know what I mean yeah why? it's so dude it feels so it, it feels so empty 
Dude, it feels so terrible. Like I want it. Like I, I want a side flip. I want a long jump. I want to. I want to do more. Yeah. Than just like, fucking double jump. Because Mar- Mario boring. Odyssey just is like double jump is that, boring. Like, Mario Odyssey's proof that like a game doesn't even have to feel that great, but like you can have a lot of different jumps and it engages the way that people flutter across the controller, and that's really interesting to them. Like I, I think the game feel aspect of Hat in Time is better than Mario Odyssey, but I think Mario Odyssey has it beat in the things you can do. And I don't like either of those games, really. Uh, yeah, but it, but at least Odyssey's speedrun is really, really interesting. Yeah, and it's technical and complex. And and like, and I'll disagree with you a bit. Like, I think I think there's more merits to Mario Odyssey's movement than you give it a little credit. Oh no, for. I absolutely give it more more credit than I just think it feels bad. I don't. I think it feels really restricted and controlled and non-organic like like go back and play sunshine and it's like the speeds you can achieve and like the 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 amount of different like jumps that you can do the amount of like velocity that you get like it's so much better to me than the sort of like mash the roll button and then leap out of out of a roll with a long jump and no matter what you're still gonna leap the same distance as the long jump it's still gonna go as fast as it was before there's a reason that rolling is the fastest movement option in the game because chaining together other movement options doesn't make you, them go faster or farther. That's that's my issue with it. Is that like compared to sixty four and sunshine, it's just like so. It's it's like a game made in a lab. But like movement wise, I I understand there's a lot of real like creativity and 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 freedom in that game. Uh, but but the movement just feels so like more restricted uh, than than what I'm used to from Mario. But like at the end of the day the 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 expressiveness and the technical aspects of the game are interesting uh versus a hat in time which which feels good uh but like there's just nothing like there's nothing there's no way i can really express myself other than just doing parkour around these like you know the these levels most of which are actually shockingly linear or, or like, like the traditional bounce on the mushrooms kind of platforming. I feel like I feel like that yeah. could be a term in and of itself is bounce on the mushrooms, where it's like the the choice is made for you. Leap from mushroom to next mushroom, and don't think about next leap. Just leap to mushroom. Uh, and 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 it's like in, in Mario Odyssey, like even then, like you wall jump, side flip, or side flip, wall jump, hat dive, reverse hat dive. And you've climbed up a cliff that normally they would expect you to jump up the mushrooms, uh, or like take a long roundabout path to get up to. Like that's that's yeah, what's and it's, appealing about. And those it's games. cool because like you did it. Like it's cool because you're like, oh, I put all this, I put all the tools together, and I made myself, I made my own stairs. Yeah. You know. Why is the grappling like, hook a fucking badge? Like why why can I unequip the grappling hook in favor of of a different badge? Like why would I ever do that? You know what I mean? In, 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 like, a hat in time. Why isn't there just a thing the game gives to me and it's there forever? Like, what? I, it's, it's just one of these things where it's, like, my I'm making a choice between movement option, like, grab and, and I don't know, like, speed upgrade or whatever it is. Those fucking badges give you anymore. I don't even know. Yeah, there, there's a whole, like, there's a whole pantheon, dude. There's a whole, or whatever. Can, can we find a word for, like, pantheon but, like, bad? Um, the, the, uh... Oh, uh, a prison? No, no, it's gotta be like um, oh, oh, it's the ninth circle. The ninth circle. There's a whole ninth circle of of like these indie 3D platformer games that are like, dude, 
hysterically fucking bad. Like all made in Unity. All <laughs> like, uh, play like, like was it Lobo? Lobo Destroyer. Lobo Destroyer <laughs> is like my Lobo Destroyer is my like favorite example of like this is why you should never give money to a Kickstarter ever. And I do not fucking care who is doing it. I don't care who's doing the Kickstarter. I don't care that some of my favorite games ever made were from Kickstarter. I don't give a shit. Do not fucking support Kickstarters under any fucking circumstance. Because games like Lobo Destroyer, which barely squeak by their fucking funding to the point where I'm genuinely figuring like one of the devs just put in a thousand of their own bucks so they can get the 40k and split there's like been no developments on that game at all and kickstarter is like well fucking tough shit dude fucking sucks lobo destroyer is fucking terrible there's this one where you play as a boom box uh that is actually being made like like in my area like someone uh it's like not known at all it's i remember you sent me a video of that I wish I fucking knew the name of the game. Well, it's, it's just uh, funny because it's like, who is gonna play these? Like, do you remember Trippy or whatever it was? The Fox? Luck, uh, Lucky the Fox, I think it was. Lucky, Yeah, Lucky's Tale. But at least Lucky's Tale, at least Lucky's Tale had was like a VR game first. At least it was like, hey, we're gonna do like a 3D platformer, but it's like, you're gonna be... In like it's gonna be a VR like perspective from VR. Well, that's, so that's there's the elements that of interesting making. shit. Like, that's, and then they the remade the game. Like, I'm sure that game is like mediocre. I'm sure it's fine, but like, but you you end up you end up with at least a, like a gimmick to edge you out. It's like I'm sure that even the most like mediocre game in the world at least has better game design behind it than like these like like these like a Unity ass fucking like cardboard assets that you bought from from the source store. Uh, like 3D platformers. I'm sure. I'm Dude, sure. Lucky's Tale is like fine compared to like like a Freeze Me. Oh my god, dude! I was just about to bring it up. The best one of all, the king, the king, dude. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, which is everyone listening to this fucking podcast, um. Freeze Me is this shitty PS4. It might also be on Switch. Hope not. Probably 3D not. platformer that plays like fucking dog shit. And the gimmick, the gimmick is the main character whose name is, it's, I don't remember it, but it's something fucking heinous. I think it's R. I think her name is the letter R. It's <laughs> like a frisk ass looking motherfucker. Like, like, like yeah, did you look her up? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I've, I remember her. Um, but like I remember, she looks like uh, I, re- I remember she looks. She like, does uh, look like Frisk, Frisk from Undertale. Yeah. yeah, it's she. It's horrible, and she has a camera, and she can freeze shit with the camera. Never used, like never in the game ever, like new used or needed. It plays like absolute dog shit. The camera is atrocious. Here's the deal: anti gravity platforming. If your name isn't fucking Mario Galaxy, you shouldn't do it. Under no circumstances. Well, it's, it's not funny, a good idea. This game literally looks like it. Galaxy Two. Like even to there, there's a there's an observation that um, uh, that that Matthew Matos has made, which is that like what separates like Mario quality graphics is that they don't just have the textures. Like they might have layered textures. Like they'll have they'll have bedrock layered on top of like a, what looks like a layer of sand over like what looks like like solid stone and and it's just like they layer them and it creates this 
excuse me, it creates this really detailed look. And Freeze Me has the exact same visual trick. Where, like, they, they basically they probably played Galaxy and just, like, wrote down every note that they had on, like, the visual aspect of it. And it looks exactly like Galaxy 2, the least special game of all time. Um, yeah, and there's a great, and, and there's also, too, there's a great YouTube video. I fucking wish I knew who made it. Um, but it's, it's, I think it was a relatively popular channel. Basically, the guy broke down this one texture from Mario Galaxy 1. Actually, it might have been from 2. He broke down, like, he's like, yeah, I really love this texture in Mario Galaxy 2. Here's how they made it. And he went into detail about how they made this one texture. And I'm like, damn. The whole game is like this. That's fucking effort. That's from a team who fucking gave a shit. And it's Mario Galaxy 2. Like, the, the which, is, which, is the, which is the sequel and significantly less interesting than Mario Galaxy 1. Yeah. The lamest game of all time. Um, I Dude, I like Mario Galaxy 2. I, I give it a lot of shit, but like, at the end of the day, it is fucking Mario Galaxy still. I mean, it's Just not, not, though. As... It's, everything's green, and like, everything is the sky. Like, the only difference is that like, oh, and everything's flat. Like, the platforming is literally just, like, what if we took, like, Womp's Fortress and we strung them together? You can you can travel through eight Womp's Fortresses. I... I don't think I I, dis, I I disagree. I don't think it's... I don't think it's like that. I, th- I think the... I think the gameplay still... still oh, I mean, holds look, it's Galaxy Mario Galaxy. Like, that's the thing, is those mechanics are inherently, like, good, but and, and you have some really creative levels, like... But at the end of the day, you, you, a lot of the levels really do feel like, like if, if there's a galaxy named like cloudy way galaxy or something like that, you're like, yeah, this is going to be a flat terrain. Uh, and, and, and it's just going to be green. And the, the orchestra is going to be generic, like orchestra, this generic soaring orchestra sound. Um, you, you don't you don't have the spaciness that made the original series. Yeah, that's I mean that's I mean I agree with you there. Like that's always been my issue with Galaxy Two is like Galaxy Two has nothing to do with fucking space. Every, like, everything Galaxy in Galaxy Two is literally just like green blue skies, green grass, uh, and and planets strung it's, together. It's like what it's it's literally like Mario Three D World. Like yeah. it's literally like like the predecessor like what would become Mario Three D World. Just like linear levels like more levels but they're just less engaging like a lot of people give mario galaxy shit for being like linear it's like yeah but you go to like but it's dressed up it's it's dressed dressed up in in, like you do different shit in each of like the three main like acts of stars to the point where you get stages like space junk galaxy where it's like yeah there's like seven different stars and you all go to like pretty different sections of the level and you feel like you're a part of an environment yeah in a real I, world. And it would be cool to do those non-linearly and you know like a 64 but like it, there is a novelty to being like oh my god th- this level has another thing to it that i didn't see before you know what i mean it is it is a similar novelty to like entering the pyramid and shifting sandland oh of oh 100 percent. where it's like oh shit this is fucking you know this is rad i remember entering the pyramid it was fucking awesome yeah, like um, it's it's the same thing as like as like I I spent so long trying to figure out like there's a mission in Beach Bowl Galaxy. I remember spending so long trying to figure out what I was supposed to do, and it turns out you need to use a shell to break a wall. You get into a cave, you shoot yourself out of that, and oh my god, there's a satellite full of Womps, uh, and 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 you got to collect silver stars on it. I believe is the the premise. Am yeah, I, no, that's, yeah, that's I think it's it. silver stars, and then it's like that's its own level in and of itself. So much so. 
that they just that they rebring it. it back. They bring yeah. just that back and for just Galaxy that too. part. And like and like that's super interesting because in Galaxy you could see Beach Bowl below you, and you're like, how did I get here? This is nuts. Versus like in Galaxy Two, where it's like, oh my god, I'm in a fucking void, uh, and I'm and I'm on this thing that I already did. Or the same thing, the same way that they they took the the Toy Time Mario like pla- like platform where it's like oh this whole thing is shaped like Mario, um, and they just made it its own level. Why yeah, is Puzzle Plank Galaxy in space? Why is there hoedown music? Dude, I fucking no, dude. You got to stop. The hoedown music is fucking insane. But it's good. not. It's not what I I liked about the first game. Like it, it's very much like the the soundtrack is great. But I, I keep thinking to myself, like, I could have heard this in any other Mario game that they made if they wanted. This this is a great Mario Odyssey track. This is a great 3D land track. But, like, what I liked about Galaxy 1 was that fucking synth. And, and like, when they, when they pulled out the orchestra, it was like, oh my god, like, this is a larger-than-life grand-scale adventure, and I am, like, revitalized. Like, versus, like, everything in, in, in Galaxy 2 sounds the same. It, yeah, it I mean, just, I definitely, it, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's just Mario it's Galaxy Two is just more Mario. Of, yeah, it, and that's unfortunately and just that's, a case of like, oh, this is the parts of Mario Galaxy One everyone loved. We're going to be a whole game of that, and it's like, no, no, no. You need, you need things. You you need low points to have high points, or or else everything is just like good to the point where like your sensation of it can be all high points, and then but your sensation of what is truly great just numbs to the point where like whatever stands out can't stand out anymore because it's it because it was just as good as the thing i got before uh, and, and that's and, and that's a weird like thing to say like you shouldn't and, and to be it. honest that describes mario's existence for the last 13 years oh probably. i mean sure like besides galaxy like it really every mario game really is like more of what was good last good time. And it's and, still good. Like, yeah. that's sort of the thing is it's still good. All right. So I take it back a little bit. So, like, I'm trying to think because I'm like, when was the last time I truly felt like a level of fucking magic with, like, Mario platforming? And it was Mario Galaxy. Was Mario Maker. Okay. But before Mario Maker was Mario Galaxy. It was, like, when I felt like, when I was like, man, this is fucking magical. It was, like, Galaxy 1... And like Galaxy Two, I think I just I genuinely think is great. Like I genuinely think it's like a strong eight, light nine if you catch me on a good day. Um, but like just that the lack of uh, the lack of defining aesthetic or the lack of like we're trying to do something here like doesn't do it for me. Yeah, uh, it's a perfectly and, well directed, Galaxy, well made, traditionally designed game. Yeah, I think it's great, and I think Mario Galaxy controls just so perfectly, and it is so much fun to you know you know do the galaxy thing. That you know, I'm I'm a little okay with with a sequel. Whereas like with like Mario Odyssey, if we got like more Mario Odyssey, I'd be like, eh, uh, all right, I don't really want this. So Mario that's Odyssey. Why, that's is why just... I like Nintendo is that is that you, you always get a different game for the most part. Um, you think you, you think Breath of the Wild? How do you think Breath of the Wild Two is going to pan out? You think that's going to be, gonna be similar to Breath of the Wild One? I I would like to think that if anything else, they're just going to add more mechanics. Um, which I'm is like, which is what I want. It's an immersive sim, you know. I'm like kind of I'm like kind of okay with that. I I don't know. I'm I'm like kind of I'm like a little worried about Breath of the Wild too. I just I just hope because I, I haven't felt. I'm trying to think of like 
recent games that have like really you know really gave me a flutter in my heart and like well, recent mean, releases yeah seven r uh, before that i mean it was probably death stranding and even even then like the, my replaying death stranding i was like this is a great game but like i i will never have that same like i will never be able to feel the feelings i felt the first time i played this again because it was it was a it was a moment um you know like i'm trying to other than like those games like i i i think i've been medically dead for the last nine years (laughs) like the last the last game to like truly like revive my soul was probably like in 2017 uh well yeah and i mean and i mean let's i mean let's be honest you only like 40 games (laughs) that's true I don't like... Well, here's the problem, is I play so many of them, and then I forget they existed, because most things are lame. Like, that. I mean, joke, joking aside, like, I really do intake a lot of media, and, like, only the truly special, like, live in my head forever. Because um, there are a lot of good games that I played, there's a lot of things that I like, but, like, the moment that, like, the moment that it, it, it doesn't say enough to me, or to say enough to, like, take real estate in my brain, I just, like, kick it out for something else yeah i definitely i'm i'm starting to actually get that way i don't know if it's age or hanging out with you too much i think think it's just a bandwidth thing i I think the older you get you can only care about so many things and like and and you really do have to like prioritize things that are are important more when you're a kid you're able to kind of intake everything and it's all magical it's all fucking magical all the fucking time and now it's like okay great every day of my life i wake up and i think I have to pay bills on the 24th. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, and I don't know what, what will get me like in that sort of thing is I never know what will strike that, that magical chord for me. Cause I mean, I mean you a just recent trying shit. Yeah. No. You just got to keep, I mean, that's the, that's the beauty. You just got to keep playing games, keep watching movies, keep enjoying anime or listening to music to, you know, if you care about, a, if you care about a medium enough, like you'll, you'll just do that inherently. Like yeah. I've been finding that, that to be like my main meme with like video games is I went on this huge tangent. I went on this huge, like kind of wiki spiral uh, the other day where I, I was watching a video. It was like the hundred PS2 games you never heard of. I was like, all right, cool. And I found this one called blood plus, which was made by grasshopper. And it was based off of an anime, but it has the killer seven aesthetic. I'm like, okay, this is like pretty cool looking. And I went to the Wikipedia page. And I was reading about it and found out that grasshopper also made a samurai shampoo game called Samurai Shampoo Sidetracked. And I was like, what the fuck? Samurai Shampoo is like my favorite anime like ever made. And there's a PS2 game about it. And that was made by like an actual good studio and not God knows who, who made the fucking JoJo's part five game. Like this is that sick. was Capcom, like, by the way. That was Capcom. That's right. They Capcom. did. I, I want to give it another chance, but like, oh my God, dude. If, like, let me give you a perfect example. So, you know, man in the mirror, right? That whole segment. Yeah. So when you, you know, fight Capcom. man, yeah, when you fight man in the mirror, your controls are reversed, but only left and right. So up and down are normal, but left and right are reversed, and you're constantly are getting flung in and out of the mirror world to fight uh, whatever the fuck his Italian name was uh, to fight a man in the mirror. Do you and- remember anything about part five? Dude, you know, here's the deal. So I finished part five, and we need to end this show, like, ASAP. We need, we need to edit out. out half these segments. Holy shit. I know. I know. We'll have to... This is going to be a brutal I, editing my, my seg- go- segment. My, my goal is... I my, I try to keep everything that's interesting, but if I listen to, like, 20 minutes, I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, gonna cut it. Oh, there's, here's the thing. You can, you can totally cut half the shit I said. Most of it's boring. <laughs>
Cut, cut all the shit about 7R. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Dude, I don't even want to talk about part five right now. We can do it. I want to do a, I want to do a JoJo episode, dude. I want to do a JoJo, JoJo episode. episode. Way, way. Um, I need I mean, to. Dude, wanna, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> what were you going to say? Do you want to try to land the plane? Like, how do we want to go out of this? I don't know. I want to let me let me ask this real quick. I know you said we were gonna stop talking about JoJo, but here's the deal. Um, I'm running out of things to do, and I'm kind of get and games sometimes don't always do it for me. I'm thinking about picking up manga. Can I can I just read Still Ball Run? Yeah, sure, go for it. Or should I or or should I re- should I just should I be a good little boy and read Stone Ocean first and then read? Uh, you can you can start with Steel Ball Run. Honestly, I do recommend going back to Stone Ocean eventually. I think it is good. Uh, but you, you, dude, like, you just read Steel Ball Run. <laughs> Bro, I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep, but everything's gonna get consumed at one point or another. It's just whether, it's just at the point where I'm like, fuck, I really don't want to wait two years for, for Stone Ocean, but yeah. I also really want to read Steel Ball Run, um, and, but I, I feel bad. I don't want to skip Stone Ocean. How long Stone is Ocean Stone is Ocean? Can I knock it uh, out? Like it's, a, it's a, like a 18 volumes. Volumes. I can read about an hour. All right. It's good. It would take a couple days. Yeah. Um, to, to, or it would take, it would take me like, a. I can read about it. I'm a pretty slow manga reader, so it takes me about like an hour per per volume. So I could probably do it in like a couple days if I was like committed. But um, let's get the fuck out of here, bro. Let's get well, the fuck out questions? of here. We can, ask, we can answer questions. Dude, we're two hours and 20 minutes of the show. Don't, dude, just we split. Need... Well, answer, answer the questions and that'll be the end of the episode. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll cut half the episode. Most of it was bullshit like welcome welcome to the cut segment portion of of us crack house where we yeah. cut out 50 minutes of the show because it's <laughs> well, terrible then we're gonna we're gonna snap it on to the the 30 minutes you cut out last time and we're gonna make it its own podcast and and we're gonna get the clicks the, it, it's sort of like how how in part three like you don't really feel the stakes that much of dio as a threat you're more well you about- realize well you realize because because part part three brings this on itself when it, it right before they enter dio's m- castle mansion egyptian mansion uh right before they do that it does this <laughs> it's this cutaway moment to all the characters and it makes you realize you're like fuck half these people don't need to be here yeah, like what the fuck is Kagyoi doing here? It was like Kagyoi to redeem himself. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, like Ab- Abdal was just their tour guide. Like Polnareff, yeah, Abdal was just their tour guide. Pol- Iggy got his is- revenge, and Iggy is yeah. there. Iggy is there. Abdal's like low key there. Kagyoi's low key there. Polnareff already wrapped up what he wanted to do, and is kind of here to finish out the ride. Like that is one thing about part three I find funny, or what what you find about all the JoJo parts is like after part three, and I can't speak to part six yet, but it's like part three is just like Dio's a douchebag, and we need to stop him. Like, what is Dio doing wrong outside of existing in part three? <laughs> yeah, part part one is great because in part one it's like, oh my god, he is such a bastard, and he is personally out to ruin my life. Like, that's um, what I like about about part one is there's the personal element with John because because part Jojo really makes you give a here we go again. Jojo really makes you give a shit about save it for the Jojo episode. No, we're already here. It makes <laughs> you care you. about these individual stakes. And like what I, what I like about part two is part two is the only one where there's some calamity problem. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, if we don't stop ultimate cars, it really is over. But Dio is just chilling the entire time. And he's a douchebag and we gotta stop. We're going to Egypt it's, to stop him. It's actually Same such thing with a Kira. problem. It's actually Kira, it's like 
It's actually such a problem Pardon? they have to retroactively like fix it in part six by giving them a yeah, master give plan. him some yeah what his what was he really doing yeah uh, like literally part six is just like about okay here's what Dio is really up to and here's why it was a problem and here's why he had to be stopped and I was like great <laughs> seven years later it's like it's so funny like and same thing with like like part four is like Yoshi like here is a killer who killed forty eight women in in Moria over the course of like thirteen years definitely a bad dude that needs to be stopped but like. He wants to live in Moria. Like, no other town or city is going to be greatly affected by by, by, by Kira because he's not going to leave. Well, but that, that's uh, my point, though, is, is that, like, like stakes are imagined, but in the case yeah, of, Yeah, like, exactly, but yeah, you still but give it, a shit because I don't want Josuke to die. Yeah, you don't, you don't want any of these people to die. And you don't want, you don't want bad to take dude. over some family. And it's like, like though, those are not high stakes, but they are certainly higher. They feel higher than they part feel three. High. Yeah, they yeah. feel really high. They and, feel and higher to me than, of, than part five, too. And yeah, that's sort of the thing is like, like Diavolo is like, dude, like, dude, like what was Diavolo doing? Selling drugs? Like that was the problem. The whole, this whole problem started because Giorno didn't like, like Diavolo selling drugs in Naples. Well, here's the funny part is that, is that I think Araki genuinely thinks drugs are the worst thing in the fucking world. Because at, at like a panel in Italy, someone asked him like, do you, do you think you were too hard on Diavolo? And he was like, no, no, like I sold drugs. Like, and it's, and it's just like, it's, it's so like, good. it's clearly like, okay, your priorities are very different than your audiences. Clearly. It's so, so good. It's so good. I just, I, I can't, it's so funny, dude. I just, I'm like, what, what was the plan? Like, what, what was Diavolo's plan here? Diavolo's be, plan was, being? yeah, he was just, it was just to like exist and keep doing what he does for some reason. So fucking, so fucking funny, dude. So I just, and all right, we're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. This, I don't this even episode, know if I'll keep it. I don't even know if I'll keep it. This we're episode done. is nearly three hours, we're and done. I feel so bad for you. As- this is kind of, I think the the appeal of Final Fantasy One in a way, because. Yeah. Because here's the deal, because my experience with Final Fantasy 1, so Final Fantasy 1 was technically my first Final Fantasy game. And what a journey that was for a young, like, 12 or 13-year-old Sam Kingma buying it on the Wii eShop for five bucks for 500 Wii points and booting it up and building the team and being like, what the f-? Like, basically, because I didn't know how anything worked, because my, my RPG experience was Pokemon. So... I go out here with this, I have this squad, and I go out into the field and fight seven imps and get my ass handed to me because I didn't know I had to go to the shop and buy equipment. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting my ass wrecked out here. And then I just learned all this shit, and I was like, what the fuck is a lek? What the fuck spell is that? Found out, oh, no, it was lit. It was lit. I'm like, what the The fuck? I'm like, what the fuck is lit? And and I looked it up, um, oh, lightning. I was like, uh, okay. That, that, therein lies the next point, which is that all of the names for your characters and their spells only have four letters that they can fit into it. Not five, not six, four. Uh, so, so when you have a fire spell, you can spell out fire. Yeah. But when you need to have fire, which is the, the second charge, Fyra does fit, um, but uh, but they they're like, well, we can't have Fyra and then Firegur or whatever. Yeah. So the third one is F I R two, Fur two, and then and then of course the the strongest one is Fur three. Yeah. Um, the lightning spell is lit, 
Um, if you want to put an enemy to sleep, you gotta use the slap spell. Uh, and, oh, and then a lot of those spells don't work. Yeah, that's the brilliant part, like, dark. I remember looking up, I'm like, what's dark do? Dark doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, dark, dark doesn't work. Dark casts blind, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, doesn't work. and enemies can cast a fur, a ice, and a lit, which is anti-fire, anti-ice, and anti-lit. Yeah. But the thing is, when they cast it, it doesn't check, the, the, the machine doesn't check to see if they cast it on themselves. It only checks for the party members. And then once it's done, or um, on, on their party members, mm-hmm. like the, the other enemies. Yeah. And once the check is done, it forgets to update the value. So so they cast a spell that does nothing for them, and waste a turn. It's like Earthbound, where like enemies will waste turns doing silly things, except it's just a, a complete deficiency of, of programming. And the the thing to understand about because because we make this game sound like fucking trash, but like. The thing to understand it is that it's also an incredible technical achievement for the NES. Oh, of course. Especially, because what year was this? 1990. Which, I think this game looks extremely good for 1990 NES game standards. Yeah, but- I mean, well, so there's so many values crammed into the game. There's so many items that all have, you know, like, different stats, like, you know, and there, there's so many, like, variables. The encounter table is pretty advanced for the time. The way that it, it handles RNG advancement is pretty, you know, like unique and interesting. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that it can the fact that it can even sort your item list in proper order and be able to retrieve the proper stats is impressive. And, and there are moments where there's hitches where, like, if you unequip an item on the black belt, it will hold the item's stats on the black belt for a little while, even though that they're not using the equipment anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, so, so, like, the amount of, like, difficult checks the game has to do constantly for the NES is very impressive. Yeah. Um, the amount of items that it has to keep track of in a list, the amount of, like, values it has to keep track of, the fact that it can compute higher than, uh, 256, which is actually genuinely impressive for that era. Yeah. Um, like... I, I think the highest value in the game is 2,000. Oh, wow. That's, like, yeah, yeah. like, that's extremely... That's, extre- that's, like, extremely impressive. And honestly, like... And I think, like, I, I would genuinely recommend, like, if people are interested in, like, old-school RPGs, like, please check out this game, because I genuinely think it, it's good, and you can have a fun time playing it. I, I, I feel very similar to, like, how, like, because what, what Final Fantasy 1 is to you, like, Pokemon Red and Blue are to me, because the, right. the amount of just hysterical bullshit you can do in Pokemon Red and Blue is, is awesome. The fact that, like, Razorleaf always crits, and, like... And like in like moves like if your Pokemon's fast enough, it can always hit one hit KO moves and just like all this dumb and like the badge boost glitch, which basically makes it possible for any Pokemon to win the game. Um, it, it's incredible. Like it's just fun. It, it, obviously, it's broken and it's not supposed to work like that. But hey, for this one game, it's great to push those mechanics to their absolute limits. It yeah, it's it's, it's interesting is the thing, and 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 it is it is grand scale like. People talk about Kingdom Hearts bullshit, like, oh, Kingdom Hearts is so stupid, all this time travel, and, and like, all these clones, and, and all this shit, and it's like, no, Final Fantasy is the OG weird. Yeah. Like, FF1 comes out the door weird. That game starts with you rescuing a princess in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, which is the, the end game objective of everything, for the most part. At the time, Dragon Warrior had you rescue the princess only three-fourths of the way through the game, and that was considered revolution. Yeah. Uh, and then Final Fantasy's like, 
hold hold my potion, bro. Hold my heel. <laughs> hold my phoenix bro. down. Yeah, hold my phoenix down, bro. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. Um, there is no phoenix downs in the game. You need <laughs> if the you life die, spell. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, you need the life spell, and the life spell only works outside of battle. Um, <laughs> so if somebody dies, yeah, you, you, they're out for the battle. Um, but uh, but yeah. So you rescue the princess in the first fifteen minutes. You get a ship in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, you, and you're you're free to boat around like in a little lagoon, and it's very smartly constructed. There's like four continents that are available to you at the start of the game. Um, and one of them is, like, a little hint kind of continent, um, about, okay, this is where I need to finish, you know, finish this segment of the game off, and there's, you know, Provoca, um, um, Corneria, and Elfland. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in Elfland, you splunk into a marsh cave, steal an ancient crown, give it to a false king who tries to kill you because he's a dark elf, and then he stole the crystal eye that the witch uses Wanted. to see. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts out to Matoya, the blind witch. You give her back her crystal eye. She gives you some herb. She gives you some green. Dude, I'll take that herb. I'll take that herb. Yeah, yeah to, to bring the elf king back, he gives you a mystic key. Use the mystic key to get dynamite to blow open a canal so that you can go to Melmond where a vampire is sucking the juices out of the earth. I feel it's like one of, the, one of these things is not like the other. Oh, go to the marsh key and fight a dark elf and get a crystal ball for the witch and then get some yeah, then dynamite. Yeah, fucking Bram Stoker up in here. Bram, Bram Stoker walks in and be like, Bitch! <laughs> We, we 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 gothic now and then and then you go down you kill the vampire only to discover it's not the vampire that's sucking the earth dry it's an ancient skeleton named lich and you have to go back through the dungeon that you just went through because you got a ruby to feed the titan who will now let you through to the cave of sarda the ancient who has the rod that you need to shatter the earth to get to the bottom of the earth to fight an ancient skeleton and then you go to Crescent Lake, which which has 12 wizards, a council of wizards in a circle. And the wizards go, hey, man, you need this canoe to go to the volcano and defeat Carrie, the snake god who, who controls fire. But before you do that, you might want to visit the Castle of Ordeals, where the old man has the, the proof of courage for the dragon king, Bahamut. The, the proof of courage, of course, is the tail of a rat, which you find in a box in the castle. And when you do, you show it to Bahamut, and he's like, oh shit, y'all are brave. I'm gonna make you into adults. <laughs> and he, he, he casts class change on you, and everyone grows into a, from a, a little baby into an adult in an instant. Yeah. He, he just, he ages them to, to be like 20-year-olds, and they're buff. And then, and, and you, you go and fight Carrie inside of the volcano, and afterwards you take a submarine... <laughs> To meet mermaids to fight the Kraken, and 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 then you have to do a lengthy side quest in which you have to well no you have to you have to buy a bottle which has been which is which contains a fairy which was bottled by a pirate who lives in a mountain town surrounded by mountains so he escaped somehow and bottled the fairy and sold it to a caravan master near the town of Onrak. Onrak, of course, is where the mermaids crawled up onto land and grew legs. <laughs> and and the town of Onrak still is connected to the sunken shrine where the mermaids live with Kraken. And 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 you have to go down there using the Oxyale, which is magic beer that lets you <laughs> breathe in water. And when you do that, you can go to the sunken shrine, fraternize with cute mermaids, and fight the Kraken. And then you have to do a lengthy side quest in which 
you go to a waterfall cave to find a robot who gives you a cube. And the cube is one half of, of, of a, a, a puzzle to get to <laughs> space. So Isn't you have there to time then... travel too. So then you have to you have to go to the town of Lufania, Lufania, and find the ancient sky warriors who the the ancient sky race who were destroyed by the dragon mother Tiamat. <laughs> and so to get into their tower, which is hidden by a mirage, you need a chime. But to speak to them, since they're ancient peoples, you need to retrieve the Rosetta Stone. I'm which sorry. Is hold it. on. Let's make this up. The fuck. The fuck did you just say? Rosetta Stone? <laughs> Which is inside of the mermaid shrine. So so when you get the Rosetta Stone, you go to a man in Melmond. Is this fucking... Who teaches you, who teaches you how to speak Lefenish. So that you can go to this town and get the chime from the Lefenians. And it turns out that Lefenians built your, your, your airship, which you obtained by killing the giant eyeball in the ice cave. Um... So they built your airship, and they created the chime. But it turns out they also lived in space 400 years ago until the mother of all dragons, Tiamat, took over their castle and and forced them and destroyed all of the northern civilization. So everything in this desert surrounding the Mirage Tower was destroyed 400 years ago. And their space castle, which is in space is also home to the Dragon Mother, so you have to get the cube from the robot in the waterfall and the chime from the ancient civilization so you can go to space and defeat the five-headed... I think an eight-headed dragon. I think it's five-headed, though. The five-headed Dragon Mother, Tiamat. Um, and when you go to space, you fight robots, uh, and you fight wizard vampires, uh, and you can encounter Warmech, which is a giant chicken robot. That is the strongest enemy in the game, and is its stats are only rivaled by Chaos, the final boss. So Chaos is actually the identity of the good knight Garland, who kidnapped who, who kidnapped the princess, the princess way at the beginning of the game. At the beginning of the game, and so Garland, it turns out, was sent back in time by the four fiends with the instructions: was sending you back two thousand years in the past to play the shitty games that suck ass. Uh, but <laughs> when you do that, you have to send us into the future. So that we can send you back into the past. And eventually, if we do this long enough, everyone's going to forget you're there. And we're going to be able to keep repeating the time loop ad nauseum until we win. And the objective of the, the four light warriors is they have to stop the time loop, even though it's already happened. They have to stop it from happening again. Um, with the implication that it, it could have happened thousands of times already. We don't know. Um, but you go back 2,000 years in the past, and Garland has transformed into chaos who is a winged dragon with a snake on his penis. Well, his snake, his penis is a snake. Yes. Uh, and, and he's got, like, claws and shit like that. And you defeat him in the past, and by defeating him, you undo the time loop, thus undoing the entire story of the game. But people still remember it, and it becomes a legend. The final fantasy. If you will. If you will. And, and so the plot of the game involves, uh, it, it involves, um... It starts with you rescuing a princess and ends with you going to space and then traveling in time to stop an ancient time loop. An ancient conspiracy started by a dragon mom and, and her, her gay son named Garland. You ever, you ever stop and wonder about video games where it's like, man, how'd this get popular? Or you look at something else and you're like, damn, what went wrong here? Why weren't you popular? 
this is a perfect example of that, this. It was just the right game at the right time and hit the right group of people. And that's how we have 15 of these bad boys and way more if you count all those spinoffs. And, and, and 13-2 and 13-3 and 7-R and 10-2. Uh, Fucking those are just the main ones. Yeah, not even counting Tactics or any of the... Or, or tactics, the, Crystal Chronicles. Any of those fucking spinoffs. Fucking... Yeah. Man, let me tell you. Final, Final Fantasy, something else. I can never... I gotta be honest with you. I cannot beat any of these fucking games. I just get I I can't make it through. I just get so fucking bored. Like they they are they are on the long side for sure. You you have to. It's one of those games where you kind of have to accept that there are going to be points when you're like reclining, just like okay, uh, all right, skipping text, reading text. Like you're not going to be a hundred percent engaged all the time. Even with like Final Fantasy One, like there are hours of grinding where I'm just like, I okay. How long did your most recent playthrough take you? Probably ten hours. No, you could do it in less. ten hours. Maybe less. I'm not sure. Uh, I was under the impression Final Fantasy 1 was like 25 plus hours. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, wow. uh, usually 10 hours is how long it takes me. Oh, I'm a dumbass then, because I definitely felt like I played the game for yeah. way more than it's, 10 it's hours game, and but... did not make it very far. Yeah, I mean, for the air, it's long. Well, you have to know where to grind. Um, So so I will say this. I, I had an interesting experience because I played it on the NES Classic. Yeah. Um, The actual console. Is that a good way to play it? No, uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, it is cool to, to play it on real hardware rather than emulation. Yeah. Uh, but, like, for example, the Wii Virtual Console is more faithful. Um, from what I could tell, at least. Because the game's memory seems to be altered or shifted slightly. So the encounter table, which starts from power on, is shifted mm-hmm. forward slightly. Yeah. Whenever you, I know this because one of the old money-grinding tricks in the game is defeat... Uh, you go out into the ocean, uh, and once you you encounter Kaizakus, which are the blue pirates, you defeat them, and they give you the most gold of any enemy at that time in the game. I believe one Kaizaku is worth 120 gold, um, which is a lot for the time, and they're relatively easy to beat. Um, and then you go, you save, preferably with a tent rather than going to the inn. Uh, you save your game, uh, restart with power off and then power back on, which resets the encounter table. And you can fight them again mm. um, with the exact same, like, stats, basically. Okay. Um, the difference is, when you reset, the encounter table advances forward one. When you power off, the encounter table restarts. Um, but there doesn't seem to be a way to do a soft reset in the game. You can only reset by returning to the menu, which means that the encounter table is permanently impossible to manipulate. Um if you want to if you want to cycle through encounters or do grinding tricks like that, you are going to have to just play the game authentically. Um which is fine, but it's still not the authentic experience because you're not able to do some of those tricks. Yeah. Uh that that were present in the original and made the original so interesting. The other thing is peninsula power grinding doesn't work anymore because no. you could guarantee from power on uh an encounter with four zombies. Um or not four zombies, but you can guarantee an encounter with zombies. Which were the enemies that were weak to both fire and the harm spell, which was the only offensive spell the White Mage has. Um, and uh, you could, you know, grind for them. They gave you, uh, I believe, 250 EXP each or something like that. Um, or it might, no, I think it's 205 EXP yeah. uh, per, per Zomble. Uh, and 1,000 gold each. Um, and, and so, like, you do that, you're set. Like, you can buy so much early in the game. You can't do that now, though, because um, the encounters are screwed up. So you can't 
reliably get that, and you can't easily reset. Uh, because the idea is, okay, if I save my stats, reset the game, I can always guarantee a fresh start against these zombies. So if I die, I can reset and do it again. Okay. In this case, you have to run from encounters beforehand, which you might get first striked, you might, you know, get worked over, things like that. Um, and, and so instead I, I had to use an alternative, uh, strategy for grinding. So, so there are things like that, that, that end up making a difference. Um, I did as little grinding as possible though. I, I only ground at the beginning of the game. Okay. Um, because the jump between the marsh cave and the earth cave is obscene. So I ground from level six to level 15. Uh, and then after that, I just, I played through the game. I beat it at level 25, which was pretty low, all things considered. Okay. What do you normally finish the game at? 30, 30, 32. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Cause I've gone back and I've played through, uh, Dragon Quest one. And I really like that game. I think it's really relaxing and fun and a good time uh and i would like to play more of final fantasy one because i think the farthest i've ever gotten was the first crystal i got and i think that's as far as i ever got the, the earth cave yeah yeah Spe- speaking of, speaking of stories we actually shockingly got actually a couple questions i don't okay. want to get to those quite yet because you messaged me before we recorded sending me a link to fallout boy the carpal tunnel of love music video yes. and you said i need to tell the story of this on hatsune miki's crack house indulge me what is this it looks i did not get a chance to watch this it looks like happy tree friends it is happy tree friends how how, how did well, talk to me about this the epic crossover of the, of the 21st century fuck you avengers when i was 12 years old I was taken to a Fall Out Boy concert. I wanted to go, of course. Okay. I was a fan of Fall Out Boy. I still am. Um, well, I'm a fan of two and a half of their albums. You still uh, like the two and a half albums from when you were a child, probably, right? You, well, well, I preferred From Under the Cork Tree, and now I'm like, From Under the Cork Tree is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, Most of the songs on From Under the Cork Tree don't do it for me, but like every track on Take This to Your Grave. I think I was always a Take This to Your Grave kind of kid. Um, I don't know. My but, Fall Out Boy, like history starts and ends with like thanks for the memories i genuinely fucking love that, that is song. a good song um but uh but i went there so this was after they released infinity on high which had thanks for the memories all right um and i was 12 years old you know i was a little kid i was the first time i'd, I'd heard swearing at a concert hey like pete Wentz. that so it was based on the where the wild things are book not the film all right uh, the book um, and it opens with, with a scene of Max playing the guitar, and his mom's like, YOU FUCKING FUCKER! STOP PLAYING THAT FUCKING GUITAR! And I was just like, oh my god. Like, yeah. And she's, like, screaming at him, like, you know, and it was, like, it was a whole thing. And then he, like, throws the guitar at, like, the camera, and it breaks glass. Flat boy! Woo! Yeah, you know? Anyways, so the music video for Carpal Tunnel of Love, which they played in the background of the, of the, the concert stage. You know, they had a big rear screen projector. Um... And and it played this music video, which I was not prepared for. The music video is a custom episode of Happy Tree Friends, uh, in which, and 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 here's here's how you know that I was a teenager, uh, growing up in the Hot Topic era. So the 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 um, oh I do have to look. Hang on, I forgot. I think her name is Giggles, but I want to be sure. That is a that is a hot lick. Um, yeah, it is Giggles. Oh my god, of course I remembered that. Uh, anyways, so, so basically the, the music video stars Cuddles, the yellow bunny, and Giggles, the pink bear. 
And Cuddles is in love with Giggles, and he wants to tell Giggles that he loves her. But of course, he's nonverbal because I don't know because you know they're cartoons. Yeah. Um. And so he can't physically tell her, so he has to show her things. Like so, he gets flowers, and then Lumpy the moose. Um. He's you know he's allergic to the flowers, so he sneezes and the flowers blow away. And even though Cuddles or and even though Giggles is like presumably a functioning human being, yeah, she doesn't seem to understand that he, what he's trying to say. With flowers, even though the fl- he, someone sneezed the flowers away, she should still be like, okay, I get the gesture. Yeah. I just happen to be sitting next to someone who's allergic to flowers. So he sneezes the flower petals away. Flower petals, like, fly over, and then a bee is attracted to them, and then he stings um, Nutty in the eye. I believe mm-hmm. it's Nutty who he stings. And Nutty spends the entire video with an engorged eye. Um, he's like a big eye. He's yeah. eyeball Eric. Um, and <laughs> Eric eyeball. <laughs> Eyeball Eric. Um, and so next up, you know, uh, he draws our heart on a paper, and, and Lumpy uses it to blow his nose, and it's like, oh, my, my note's ruined. He tosses the paper out, and then, um, no, Nutty's the one with the candy. Uh, who's the one? Uh, Toothy is the one who, um... Who, I have not seen a fucking second of Happy Tree Friends, to- so I'm Toothy doing is, my best. Toothy is the beaver. Toothy is a beaver, and he's, he's Eyeball Eric. Okay. Um, and so then Nutty... This is the part that fucked me up forever. So Nutty gets the paper, you know, like he he throws a, a lumpy litters. He throws the paper out the bus window, and um and it flies into Nutty's face, and he crashes into uh, a bunch of like wooden poles, like you know, like that that are hollow on yes. the inside, right? Um, and so when he crashes, they show a shot of him, and his heart spills out of one of the tubes. Uh, and I was not ready for it. Um, that that fucked me up forever. Uh, and then, so then everyone continues to die. Uh, the blind mole, who his name I forget, but I think his name is literally blind or something like that. Yeah. Um, I should know all of these characters. Oh my god. Um, I think his name is literally just. Oh yeah, just the mole. His name is just the mole. He gets split in half, and then cuddles and 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 giggles are doing their thing, and then Fall Out Boy shows up in animal form. Yeah. And and they're the, so lumpy in in a comic act of comedy. Um. The eyeball ends up in Giggles and, and Cuddles' milkshake. Lumpy steps on it, and, and he freaks out, so he pulls, he goes into a truck, which is pulled by a wince. Um, you know, it's like a, you know, it's like a tow truck. And the truck accidentally pulls the entire building, the entire malt shop they're in. And Fall Out Boy is decapitated by the pulling of the building, and their heads roll on, on the, on, uh, with, along with the building, and Giggles and Cuddles are running away for their lives. And then they survive at the end. But then Lumpy, who is an idiot, he crashes into the log truck, which sends the logs impaling Giggles and Cuddles through their mouths. And Giggles slides down onto Cuddles, who's on the floor, and her lips, their lips touch. Even though they're both dead. This is um, so gross. And then, yeah, and then, and then Lumpy, his head is torn off because his antlers get tied in with the tow truck wince. And he doesn't realize it. And he keeps driving. Um... And I was twelve when I saw this. So, so, um, so, is this a formative moment for you? What, what made you want? What, what so, sparked so here's, this? Here's why it's here's why it's formative because I rewatched it recently, and I realized a bunch of gags I ended up writing when I got older in yeah. like my own gross out comedies. Um, you know, because I, I was writing gross out comedies when I was like 13, 14, 17, You know, that kind of thing. A lot of those that I wrote ended up being stored in my brain from this Fallout Boy <laughs> concert. So, so I wrote I wrote in a gag. I think I think Eyeball Eric literally is like a thing from my childhood because I wrote in a gag where someone tries to hide 
something that they don't want to see from you know like it's one of those things where it's like oh hiding something behind my back where is it yeah and someone yeah, and so he shoves it into his eye socket <laughs> to hide it and and like and this was something i wrote when i was like 13 um i wrote it in like a comic right like you know i, I used to draw like really crappy yeah. comics like three-fourths um you know three-fourths staging comics oh yeah and so like like his mom's like i don't see anything and then they cut back and there's just a big thing sticking out of his <laughs> eye he's like yeah you know and he like shoved it in his eyeball um and then and then i had a similar thing of someone's like head getting like pulled off by like a tow truck um <laughs> and i used thing. and i used the the lip touching gag in in a, in a, a music video i wrote when i was 15 for what song i don't even fucking remember it's some like japanese thing i found it on the persona 5 fan ost oh my which god which was a compilation of city pop and j-pop and j-rock songs hashtag album like, names that didn't age well <laughs> yeah and and it was basically someone wrote it like oh these would be Songs that would fit into Persona. Oh, I've and come I've, up with that similar ideas for like, oh, like listen to Blue Stolly, be like, oh, I'd love to hear him on the Jet Set Radio Three soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. So someone did that, um, and it was, it was. I want to say it was a song by Meg. Um, okay. The 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 um, Nakatsuka Takashi stable Meg, uh, and and so and I remember I used that lip touch gag. Uh, in another, th- in a thing that I wrote. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh my god, I'm a hack fraud who has stolen from Happy Tree Friends, specifically the Happy Tree Friends Fall Out Boy music video for the Carpal Tunnel of Love for years. <laughs> uh, and, and, um, and, and all of that setup was to explain the one thing which I haven't done, and now I have to find a way to squeeze it in, is the guy's heart coming out from a pole. <laughs> I need to figure out how to make that one happen so I can complete the cycle. Of of just stealing from this one formative, this one music video, like horrifying yeah. music video. Damn. Yeah, well, when I was twelve. Yeah, I, I and, mean, if you wanted someone's heart to come spilling out, if they got impaled or some bullshit by a pole, I guess I don't fucking know, dude. That's the problem. I don't know how to use it. I've never known how to use it. Even subconsciously, in the back of my mind, I've never known how to use it. Maybe it's because it's too specific. To the... It's too specific. Um, I was a big Happy Tree Friends fan, though, growing up. <laughs> I After that. My history with Happy Tree Friends is that the writers who did Happy Tree Friends wrote, went on to write writers. Sonic. Yeah, which, yeah, by the well, way, well, they write Sonic the... Colors, which is one of the funniest Sonic scripts, and then they blow it from there on out. <laughs> well, they, they, also, they also voiced uh, some of the characters. Toothy... Who who gets that? Who is eyeball Eric? Okay, he's voiced by Warren Graff. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Um, I I loved Happy Tree Friends after that because I think I was forced to. <laughs> well, I, I had to adapt to Happy Tree Friends. Okay. Um. Okay. That what? It, okay. That's. <laughs> Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. She's only five. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. She's only five. Hey, bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie. So I whip out my katana and I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama. Why you act like you retarded? Like, little bitch, I don't want drama. I still hit when she says no, don't understand what she don't want to. Hey, sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo. All these bitches want me like my name was fucking JoJo. Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no show. Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, Salem, though. Salem, my motherfucking bitch. I might pull up, give those thighs a little more.
motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime dick Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me Anime thighs, when she open up so hot, I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five Especially she decides to wear her dress Ooh, nozzles on my neck Now we laying on the bed Man, I love my body pillow Especially giving head You know what's next Anime thighs When she open up so hot I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really want to pipe Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties She's only five <laughs> That was gay